Papa, can you hear me? <laughs> Hello and welcome to Doc to Me. My name is Heather. And I'm Kathleen. And this week we are covering the first episode of Trial by Media titled Talk Show Murder. Which right away you should know which case that is. Yeah, I don't feel that there's ever been another situation like this. Uh, I did see one. Really? Uh, which is surprising like that there aren't like just shit tons because of like I think it's how many daytime talk shows there were. That one was Jerry Springer, which is surprising that there was only one for jerry springer well that was just the only one i saw but it's just crazy that there's a murder that wasn't jerry springer jerry jerry (laughs) jerry so trial by media is a six episode series on netflix that premiered may 11th 2020 and focuses on famous court cases from the 80s through the 2000s where the outcomes seem to be affected by media coverage I didn't feel that way about this one, though. No, I mean, I guess, like, I mean, I don't know if, like, they mean media in the sense of, like, television, just just by it being for a television show or whatever, but they never even aired it, so, which is... I mean, did you, have you seen this series before, or was this your first time? So this is my first time. Okay. Um, I did watch the episode twice, though. (laughs) Yeah, I felt like they covered lesser-known cases, because, like... Menendez Brothers, OJ, that's been done. Yeah, like, I mean, been there, done that. I feel like Although, my kids even know about that shit. Crime and Sports, their Patreon had a, like, conspiracy episode they did of OJ's son. I think, what was his name? <gasps> I've heard that conspiracy theory. I don't the think son? OJ did it. Really? I, it, it made so much sense. And I want to say that I saw that on, like, Reddit. That there was, like, a conspiracy theory that, like, his son had done it. Is it James? Jason. Jason Simpson. And it seemed pretty plausible. I thought it was far-fetched, and then listening to it, I was like, oh, my God. I mean, sometimes these, like, Because it was a bloodbath, but yet they they only find, like, a small bit of blood in his Bronco, and it made a lot of sense. It was weird. I I was shocked. Kind of like that whole, like, Burke did it, like. Yeah. But this one, it was like, yeah, his son did it, and he called his dad to come help him, and I was like, well, yeah. I mean, that kind of like that Christian Smart case. She was supposed to go to, he was a chef at a restaurant, and he she was supposed to go there, and instead she went to Mezzaluna, or whatever it was. So he got angry, and it was... Anyway, you can look into that. I thought that was interesting. I'm gonna ha- yeah, I'm gonna have to look into that again. I remember reading about it, but it's been some time and yeah. my mind has been on many, many other murders. <laughs> so many murders. But yeah, this was a great series, by the way. Yeah, I, I thought it was really it. well done. Um There was only one case I hadn't heard of before, the health insurance one, if I remember. I think it was a fourth or fifth one. That one I hadn't heard of that. I think it was health insurance there's so many because i mean other than this first one i hadn't seen it since it came out so i don't really remember that was yeah almost two years so ago many health insurance <laughs> murders i mean well it wasn't a murder it was just like i think a ponzi scheme or something oh even better 
So it was really hard to settle on just one episode to cover. So we might as well just cover the first one. Well, and also like fucking fuck yeah, Jenny Jones. <laughs> so episode one, Talk Show Murder, is directed by Tony Yacenda, who was also the co-creator of American Vandal. Did you ever watch that on Netflix? Yes! So it's a great, hilarious, true crime mockumentary. And the executive producers... Do you of- remember seeing, like, the promos for that? Yes. It's <laughs> just like, what's happening here? Both seasons. Just weird. So good. Um, the executive producers on this show, though, are... There's a range of people, including George Clooney. What? Jeffrey Tubin. Oh, I remember seeing that. Jeffrey Tubin, who would Is later masturbate. George Clooney? Yeah. And then Jeffrey Tubin, who would later masturbate on a Zoom call with co-workers. I mean, same. Like, five months after this series was released, so. And then. Sometimes you forget where you are. David Gelb, who directed that terrible Lazarus effect horror movie. Oh, but it's God. just, there were other people too, but just these three stood out. And I was like, this is so bizarre. Yeah, how did these people get together? <laughs> who connected them? Was it a Zoom call? I hope not. Did he masturbate on this one? <laughs> no, I think it was... Um, How did George Clooney feel? New Yorker. His co-workers from there, which New Yorker's coming back again. Oh, good. <laughs> we had it with the last episode. So daytime talk shows in the 90s when we were growing up were the pinnacle of entertainment. I'm actually appalled that I was allowed to watch this stuff on television because I would not let my children watch The woman shit. who babysat us would let us watch PBS kid shows in the mornings, but the afternoons were made for trashy talk shows. So I oh, blame Miss Bonnie. Home, staying home sick from school was just like heaven. <laughs> you got court TV. You had all the trashy talk shows. You had the soaps. Like you had the game shows. Like Price is Right. That was the staple. Price is Right. Supermarket Sweep. Like (laughs) Shop Till You Drop. Like all the shows. So I blame Miss Bonnie on my later love of trashy shit like 90 Day Fiancés and Love After Logan. I didn't even get a babysitter. It was just my mom. (laughs) Thanks, mom, for letting me watch Judge Judy. So right away, we get into what this episode is about. We are introduced to Frank Amador, whose brother Scott was murdered after appearing on the Jenny Jones show. Just gets right to the point. Yeah, they're just like, bam, right here. This is the murder. So Scott was the baby of the family and seemed to love being in the limelight. He came out to his family while he was in the army, and they seemed to be very accepting of him. Which, which I love that. Like he was good like, on even the parents. My dad was supportive. Yeah, and I was just like, "Fuck yeah, man!" And we learned that he was shot to death by John Schmitz, who was his friend. Because also, this is the nineties. Like, yes, <laughs> like this oh, isn't very nineties. Like, like it's it's sometimes tough to find supportive parents in twenty twenty two, but this is yeah. like nineteen ninety five. Well, we don't even know when he came out, but, like, the murder happens. Right, 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 right. That's true. That's true. That's true. So, you know, this is pre-1995, where being gay is not as easygoing. Yeah. Scott and John were introduced to each other by Donna Riley, who lived in the same apartment complex as John and also Scott's brother. So Scott came over one day to visit his brother, and he saw John fixing Donna's car... Scott, I guess, was quite the handyman, and so they somehow met up and became friends. They weren't really yeah. It was like the three of them weren't really clear on like how that went down. Yeah, it's just it's 
just like, hey man, we can fix. I don't know. I don't. It's like the three of them. Though. Yeah, they don't get it was, much more. It didn't specific. seem like it was just like the two of them. It seemed like it was like the three. Donna of was them. always. Yeah. Yeah. Scott was a huge fan of the Jenny Jones show, and one of the big features of the show is: Do you have a crush on someone, and you like to reveal it to them? Come to the show. Jenny Jones was like super bonkers. <laughs> I remember that shit. Not as bad as Jerry Springer, but still pretty out there. There was less chair throwing. Yes. So this is when we go to Wikipedia. The Jenny Jones show ran for 12 seasons, Jesus. which does not seem that long. From September 16th, 1991 to May 21st, 2003. Yeah. Yes. So we were in high school when this show finally went off the air. I mean, to be fair, Jerry Springer just ended. I just, I don't remember the show going into the 2000s and had 1,500 episodes. <laughs> like, Law & Order SVU only has a third of that amount. That's insane. So when the show first started, it was a traditional talk show kind of remind me of like Martha Stewart show where it's like let's make they, potpourri yeah and they they even said that like you know she was trying to be like the next you know Oprah but bitch you ain't Oprah so ratings are low by 1993 it began to move away from serious topics and started having theme episodes like paternity test out of control teens which were always my favorites oh god yes when they would like take them to that prison yeah. or whatever. it's my body i'll do what i want <laughs> confronting former bullies makeovers talent contests feuding neighbors and of course secret crushes the show also featured live performances and usher Ludacris, nelly and a few others made their first national tv appearance on the show wow Dinosaur Jr. had their final live performance on the show before they disbanded. It's great, Crazy. So, back to this story. This friend interviewed believes Scott really did have a crush on John, and seeing this advertisement on the show figured this would be a fun way to sort of move, move things along with the relationship. Yeah. I mean, like she said, why write a letter? The show agrees to have them on and contacts John to let him know... You've been identified by someone who has a secret crush on you, and they maintain that they never told him if it was a man or a woman. Yeah, they say that they said it could be a man or a woman, but the other claim was that, like, he was told it was a woman. Uh, but if he wants to know who it is, he would have to come onto the show. Would you go on the show, Heather? No. Yeah, I would have been like, eh. That's when cool. we get into stuff later. I'm just like, dude, like, you know what this show is. Yeah. Like, I, I would have been like, yeah, they can always just, like, reach out to me in person. We'll, we'll like, get into cool. that. So you can already see what's going to end up happening. The episode, Same Sex Secret Crushes, is taped March 6, 1995. Do you think he knew the episode name title? Like, no. <laughs> like, he was just like, wait a minute. What's even worse is this is on a Monday. Like, Ew. That's the worst day of the week. And Scott and Donna are both on stage. They're asked if they think John is gay and ask Scott what it is about John that he likes. And he was just like, and the he's answers, a nice, hard little boy. Yeah, the answers they give could, I guess, be embarrassing to someone they're being sad about. But, but also, like that one woman said, like, this is just basically like any woman on a Monday getting sexually harassed. That's the thing. <laughs> like, 
Like, how many times has someone, like, said that you had a nice little body? Like, but the answers they give, I guess, could be embarrassing to someone they're being said about. But you're going on a trash talk television show in the 90s. It's going to be trashy. Like, how do you not expect it to, like... I would like for there to be, like, a Reddit thread of just people who were on these talk shows. And, like, where are they now? Have you read the story about the people who went on Judge Judy and, like, they faked their whole case because they knew they'd get money for being there and they got a free trip? Yes! Like, the case where he, like, killed the cat with the TV or something. (laughs) (laughs) And they talk about how they took the money and, like, bought a Corvette or rented a Corvette for the day and just... They treat it as a vacation. Fuck yeah. Like, it's so funny. I would totally do some shit like that. So, anyway, you have to know if you're going to be on there. Something embarrassing is going to happen to you. Like, that's how they get ratings. Like, there's literally not a single type of episode that I would want to be on. That's what I'm saying. Like, I would never be on one of these shows. Paternity, secret crushes, like out of control teens like cheating like there's not a single topic that i'm like fuck yeah i'm gonna be on jenny jones yeah and you basically sign away all rights to be angry about whatever happens to you when you agree to go on like someone could literally punch you in the face with a chair how the hell do you do that (laughs) i don't know but Um, jerry springer can help you figure it out (laughs) i think that is what is so frustrating to me about this story that he thinks this is going to be fine. Like, he's <laughs> just like, oh, cool. Oh, and I want to go and, you know, be on this you taping. Just live under a rock. You don't know what happens. So John comes out on stage where he sees Scott and Donna. And I'm assuming Donna is there to add to the whole, oh, you thought it was a girl who had a crush on you? Right. I felt like it was kind of like a con kind yeah. of thing. Like, he comes out and he sees Donna and he's like, oh, it's Donna. And he, like, goes and kisses her on the cheek or whatever. So they reveal it's Scott, and John seems to laugh it off. Like, he's clearly embarrassed. He immediately turns and says, ah, you lied to me. He's having a laugh about the situation. Which also, like, when I'm uncomfortable, I laugh a lot, too. And I say, like, stupid shit. (laughs) I just get quiet, bite the inside of my cheek, like. Oh, no, man. It's, like, real awkward when you laugh, and it's like someone's died. (laughs) Oh, I, I, yeah, I, I have smiled before. I, I giggle. I'm like, I don't bit. know what you want me to. Yeah, I just like when I get uncomfortable, I just like kind of chuckle a little bit. It's just like real bad. So he was kind of doing that like uncomfortable, like, ha ha, you but lied to he's me. Being a good sport about yeah, it. Yeah, he's not. He's not clearly he didn't angry. Walk off stage. Yeah, or... he stayed, which is that's like that's a huge thing. Like so many people would walk off stage. Like, fuck, if this was Jerry Springer, he would have, like, picked the chair up, thrown it off the stage, and run off. But And the cameraman would have, like, run after him. Yeah. He makes it clear that he's not gay, so... He's like, it's not a big deal. I'm 100% heterosexual, you could say. Sexual. I'm like, Um, yeah, we all say that, but... Yeah, I mean, so is spaghetti. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) not gonna lie and say I haven't kissed a girl or something, like... Yeah, I mean, we all grew up in the drunk times. Oh, yeah. So it's not the most shocking thing ever, considering right before this, they showed us a clip of a guy meeting up with a woman he had a one-night stand with and finding out that, oh, 
she got has pregnant. a baby. Here's your baby. <laughs> that man looks so uncomfortable. That's crazier to me. He, the look on his face when like the, when she, Jenny Jones is like, does anyone see any resemblance? And the whole crowd's like, yes. I mean, it's all like, babies look alike. First of all, that baby looked like a fucking alien. My favorite was Maury uh, one time. They're like, do you think the baby looks like you? And he goes, Maury, that baby looks more like you than it does me. <laughs> but I, okay, but do you remember the Maury where like that one girl must have done like seven oh, fraternity it, tests it, trying no, to find the it baby got daddy? Double digits. Nuh-uh. I remember getting into like seventeen or something. Could you imagine like having to DNA test like twenty fucking men to find your baby daddy? You get two, two max. Yeah, and he just kept letting her come back. It's like, at what point? Okay, like... That's good ratings! Okay, but, like, in my kid's softball, we have this, like, mercy rule where, like, if you... If the other team... <laughs> like, if the other team can't come back from it, you just cut the losses and you end the game. Yeah. You you don't fucking murder them, okay? <laughs> and I feel like they should have used the mercy rule for this poor woman. Like, you do not let this girl come back, like, 20 times trying to find her baby daddy when you know it's not going to happen. I think I remember 17 was, like, the last one I saw. The worst was when it was, like, several of the guys on stage. At the was, same like, time, you, and they were, not you, not you. Not you. Like, we're Eskimo brothers. <laughs> But I think it's crazier to find out your one night stand got pregnant. Yeah. Like, like we fucked one time. Here's your daddy. Yeah, you made it through the entire pregnancy before finding where this guy is and letting him know. That's seriously like just mind blowing. Like that that guy. He like the look on his face. Like I think he might have <laughs> passed out. So anyway, back to this. John's laughing along. He does seem to be uncomfortable about the situation but that's to be expected no one watching this would ever think this is gonna end up in murder yeah it was just like really basic um after the taping john scott and donna all continued to hang out together and yeah they were all friends everything seemed fine on the third day after the taping scott left a sexually suggested note on john's doorway i want to know what the note said because like it said something about like there being like a construction light or something like yeah. one of those flashing things and something about like you have the tool to turn this yeah. off like there was a construction hazard light flashing like where do you get that oh, did he steal it from a construction they, no, site? you know what they explain it later <laughs> I just remembered. Okay. Um, but yeah, objectively, the note is not that bad. Like, Scott seems okay. like a guy who jokes around. Let's be clear that, like, I've had someone I didn't know grab my ass and pinch it. Yes. Like, I think that there are worse things in the Been world. Been followed before. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, I've had worse things. But Scott seems like a guy who's going to joke around. Yeah, exactly. He was like, you could tell like his personality was like a very goofy, like fun loving guy. John then goes to the bank to withdraw cash, goes to purchase ammunition and a shotgun. A clerk at the store described him as being cool, calm and collected, which that somehow makes it more terrifying. But also, I don't understand how this isn't premeditated murder. Thank you. He drives over to Scott's mobile home in nearby Orion Township, Michigan, where Jimmy Hoffa had a summer home there for his family. Oh. What's stated in court is John asked Scott if he wrote the note. Scott smiled, and John says he need to go turn his car off. Just weird. 
he goes to the car and comes back with the shotgun. And there's a witness to this because Scott has a fucking roommate home at the time. Who sees it all go down, that poor man. And this dude, Gary Brady, great name, testifies that before being shot, Scott had stated, Gary, help, he's got a gun. John uses the gun to sort of push open the front door and Scott backs away and tries to use a wicker chair to use as a shield. But anyone... Side note. Do you remember all that fucking wicker, wicker furniture we had yes. in the 90s? Anyone who knows wicker chairs knows that's not going to do shit against a shotgun. <laughs> Literally, it's like light like a feather. <laughs> like, I remember those chairs. And Scott is shot twice in the chest and dies. John then leaves the home and calls 911 from a payphone to confess, which again, bears a witness. Cops know you did it. Yeah. He's just like, I think I killed a man. It's like, mm, you think or you know you did? Because you know you did. You shot him, you're going to assume he's dead. I think I may have With killed a him. With a shotgun. Like, yeah. That's not just... Pretty close. <laughs> not just one tiny bullet. That's a lot of tiny bullets. His defense attorney, James Burdick. What a guy. A real piece of work. His client is some, isn't some maniac driving around shooting people all willy-nilly. He turned himself in right away because that's the kind of guy he is. He's also the kind of guy who shoots a man. No shit. His quote in this is, After the shooting, he got into his car and drove to a gas station called the police. I mean, does that sound like a guy who's out there looking to, to murder somebody? Is he, he did anxious? murder someone. Is he anxious to murder somebody? No, he just... It happened, and he called because that's the kind of guy he is. I did something wrong. Now I got to pay for it. Dude. The whole trial really upset me because it was very much like a whole, like... Both trials. Yeah. He withdrew money from the bank and then went and bought a gun and then proceeded to drive to the guy's house and then went back to his car and and got got the gun. gun. It was doubly premeditated i don't understand there's multiple instances of planning and plenty of time to turn back he there were so many steps like you don't buy a gun if you don't have intentions to use the gun there's a difference between just grabbing a gun that you have and driving withdrawing cash going to the store like that's a lot of fucking steps. Like, my lazy ass would, like, it would take me six weeks to get that shit done. <laughs> and then you'd forget where you put the gun. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'd be like, oh, I'll go to the bank tomorrow and get the cash. Oh, the the gun store is closed. Like, I'll just stop by tomorrow. <laughs> where would you? Oh, well, we do know where to go get a gun because we just saw uh, that ad that we got. sweet ass ad. We're going to get a gun and a chicken. <laughs> Make that six chickens. And sandals for the family. (laughs) And baby shoes. It was a beginner beehive. (laughs) I want to know if it comes with the bees. (laughs) Probably not. I want the bees. That ad was so weird. Where would you get the bees? Do you order those on Amazon? I I think you can get like ladybugs on Amazon. I don't know You can get ladybugs on Amazon. You can also get butterflies. Butterflies, yeah. Because I remember your kid, you guys did that, right? Did I dream that? I did that for my kids. I also did that for my nephew and his butterflies all fucked and like had tons of babies so (laughs) i remember because i was just like what the fuck i was sitting right here with you so yeah there's multiple instances where he could have just been like this is crazy i should just like take a deep breath i was just like fuck you oh and also he had bipolar so it's all fine which i also have bipolar so excuse me while i go buy a gun and shoot someone who embarrassed me 
<laughs> like, also, like, if, like, you could just shoot someone and get away with it for, like, being embarrassed, like, my entire fucking middle school would be dead. <laughs> oh, you cut me off in traffic. Bye. Like, I waved to you and you weren't waving to me. Like, <laughs> peace out, bro. I said hi and you ignored me. <laughs> You didn't go in for that high five after I went in for the high five? Oh, oh shit. I'm working retail and I say, hey, is there anything I can do to help you? And you just keep walking? <laughs> you are done for. <laughs> there will be so many dead people. So <laughs> many dead people. Um, yeah, your kid not listening to you when you tell them to clean the room. You're fucking done for. <laughs> I could have plenty. <laughs> He also suffered from Graves' disease, which frequently results in and is the most common cause of hyperthyroidism. I was confused why they were trying to throw his Graves' disease as, like, a reason why he murdered. So many excuses. I'm just like, there are lots of people with Graves' disease. And And his brother. Yeah, like his brother. Yeah, Scott's brother also had it. People with hyperthyroidism. People with hyperthyroidism may experience behavioral and personality changes, including psychosis, mania, anxiety, agitation, and depression. But those all sound like bipolar, so... Yeah, just like, same. But if you feel you're suffering from any of this, get help. Everyone say it with me. Mental health issues are not your fault, but they are your responsibility. Seriously, like you should be in control enough to get the assistance that you need. If you need a medication to keep you from like going like spazzed and like murdering someone, then you should take that medication. Like it's pretty simple. So notable people with Graves disease are Rodney Dangerfield, Missy Elliott, and Dame Maggie Smith. And oh, I love her. I know. And another She's a talk show treasure. host wendy williams she's not even from this nation what dame maggie smith she's very british oh no i was i thought you were saying wendy williams and i was like uh oh what? no she is terrible i was like say what wendy williams is terrible she is trash yes she's like the <laughs> trash of trash television but one of the most notable things of this disease is the bulging eyes oh and so they have a lot of eye problems with like dry eyes and there's a lot of blindness I mean, that you can smoke happen. Weed, you're going to get like, you know. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so the other defense they are going with is how humiliated he was by being on the show. But here's the thing. That episode never aired. Seriously, no one saw it. Nobody saw it. It was like, it was never. It, it was hadn't never... been shown yet. So how can you be embarrassed? Like, he was embarrassed by the mere thought of someone thinking he could be into men. Yes. Which, like, get some balls, man. <laughs> but yeah, the only people who know this happened is your two friends in a room full of strangers. Like, how could your life possibly be ruined? And the internet's not even really a thing right now. They're not posting it all over social media. No. Like, you're not being called out on YouTube and shit like that. No one fucking knows because the internet's not even, like... It's fucking AOL chat rooms. And Heaven's Gate's website. (laughs) May they rest in peace. (laughs) They stole the Green Bay Packers logo. And the website's still up. Somebody still runs that thing. It's insane. I mean, they had to leave at least one member alive. (laughs) So, also, you're 
so embarrassed by a gay man having a crush on you that you're going to murder him and further ruin your life? Yeah, just like the way to get your name out there. Are so dumb even for a 24-year-old. Like I tell my kid all the time, if somebody is saying mean or rude things to you, walk away. Just ignore them because I can tell you right now, like the mean shit someone says in middle school or high school, like it doesn't fucking matter when you become no. an adult because you will never see them again. No. Like you don't. I like I tell my kid now, like, don't be embarrassed if something happens because you don't know these people. You will yes. never see them again. No. Ever. You don't go out of your way though to go to a dude's house to confront him. Like that's, with a gun. That's insane. Oh, and the defense attorney's statement is that Scott threw a wicker chair at John holding the gun, so that's why John shot him. He felt threatened. It's a fucking wicker chair. It's it weighs like two ounces. self-defense because he felt threatened by a wicker chair who knew furniture found on the Golden Girl set could be so dangerous. I really want one of those wicker chairs now. Do you remember like Sam's the wicker tables? Like I used to set up like a fireplace and then a room full of like the wicker tables and then I would let them like no. catch on fire <laughs> and kill my Sam and then I would... Yeah. No, I would just put them in the swimming pool, you psycho, and take out the ladder. <laughs> I like to watch them burn. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> you, you like fill the room with wicker tables, then with the fireplace, you have them sit there, you take the door out, and then it eventually catches fire and like you can't have the fire department come in and save them and they die and the Grim Reaper god. comes and it's just like a whole like and then you have another sim hit on the Grim Re- Grim Reaper, try to have a baby with them. Yeah. That I mean, old story. Yeah. Yeah, kind of what you do. Anyway, this <laughs> case furniture? is awesome. just so dumb. We have defenses of bipolar, Graves' disease, felt threatened by furniture old ladies use, and then we get to gay panic. Yeah, which like... Like, they're just grasping at straws. He's gay, and he likes me. It's all dumb excuses, but it clearly worked because he's found guilty of only second-degree murder. Which is insane to me. The whole time, I am like, how is this not, like, premeditated? It is first-degree murder with premeditation. Yes. He went to the bank. He bought the gun. He went to the man's house. He went to the door, went back Back to to the the car, car. got the gun, and went and shot him. That is, like, six steps of premeditation. (laughs) Ugh. He Yeah, he's found guilty of second-degree murder in 1996, and he is sentenced to 25 to 50 years in prison. So it was definitely an in-between charge. Like, his conviction was overturned on appeal, but upon retrial, he's found guilty of the same charge, and his sentence was reinstated. I think, like, manslaughter was on the table. Like, Dude, he didn't... Oh. And then he said he was trying to get a misdemeanor of just, like, firing a gun within city limits or something. With, like, resulting in a death or something. Like, fuck you, man. His whole, like, how would you feel if, like, I had a crush on you or something. I don't know. Just, like, this whole mindset that, like, him liking him was just, like, murder. Yeah. That's... If this case happened now, like, definitely first-degree murder, but this was the 90s where being gay was weird and icky. Like, I'm not saying there's justice nowadays for LGBTQ rights, but there's definitely been progress. Yeah, we've made baby steps. 
my son and I were watching Modern Family and like Cam and Mitchell had talked about like how they can't get married and my son looked at me. I was like, yeah, dude, that's only been legal for like seven years or something. Like it has not been that long. Meanwhile, my eight-year-old wants to marry the dog, but you know, (laughs) it's cool. It's cool. Which one? Oh, you know, Dean. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, they do have like matching personalities. Yeah, they're both fucking psycho. (laughs) So this trial is done, but it's not the only trial. In 1999, the Amador family sued the Jenny Jones Show, Telepictures, and Warner Brothers for the ambush tactics they used, which the Amador family considered to be negligent actions that resulted in Scott's death. Which, uh... I think there's somebody else they could have sued instead. And they're asking for $50 million. And now we're introduced to Jeffrey Fieger, who is, is the best representing the Amador family. I've ever he is interesting. His younger brother was the lead singer of the Knack. Nuh-uh. Who did the My Sharona song? Yeah. My Sharona. Jeffrey also represented Jack Kevorkian through most of those trials. The family of Kanika Jenkins, that 19-year-old girl found dead in that motel freezer. Freezer, yes. And most recently, he filed a lawsuit against the Oxford School District in regards to the school shooting. Wow. The one where the parents also got arrested. Yes. And he has amazing hair. I mean, did you see the man's artwork? (laughs) It reminded me of The Sopranos when Tony got the painting of him with the horse. Like, this dude is insane with his paintings. I remember when I used to say that, like, um, like... It, he's very much like that, like one of those ambulance chasers. Yes, kind of yeah, yes. Like, and his artwork. Oh my god, his artwork. <laughs> I want a painting of me where it's like very Jesus, like Jesus looking. His opening statement during this trial is two and a half hours long. He was literally giving a whole goddamn monologue. It's <laughs> like, insane. Was like, like, what was it? What if you go to a cemetery on a rainy day, on a sunny day, on or a, a windy, windy day? day. <laughs> and I'm speaking too fast because he was going so slow if if nothing else watch this so that you can see that little clip of him like giving his speech (laughs) two and a half hours like this is supposed to be a quick rundown and this dude is talking so slow and rambling like a child the other side gets up like every possible point the other side gets up and gives their opening statement and it takes a minute i like how he was like i could stand here and talk for hours yeah and he was even wasting time and it had to be so frustrating for everybody in that courtroom. Like, I would have fallen asleep. Get on with it. Like, <laughs> this is just starting. Cut, cut to the chase. So how do you, f- do you feel like, is there a case? Do you think these parents have a case or the family has a case against Jenny Jones? No, because I think that they knew what they were getting into. Like, the whole premise of the show is that it's trashy. Okay. Let's make it sure we agree. Like, you know you're going on a trash talk show. Like, yeah, like, if you're, like, going on something like that, like, you know what you're getting into. And I just think that, like, I mean, his parent, or, like, you know, he may have been, like, you know, I'm going to sue you because you ambushed me. But, like, at the same time, like, he knew what he was getting into it too, as well. Like, it was just, like... You don't go on these shows to, like, win an Oscar. No, you you really don't. Or get, like, fame and fortune for being, like, some, like, upstanding member of your city's, like, community. Like, it just, 
Only trash people go on trash talk shows. <laughs> we also learned that everything seemed fine after the show, and Scott, Donna, and John all flew back home together. Can we talk about when Jenny Jones is like... Oh, she was sassy. I love her. <laughs> when, he, when he's like, if someone talked about wanting to cover you and if somebody cr- of the same sex yeah talked about wanting to cover you and like whipped whip cream, cream and champagne like, she was like i don't know it might be exciting sounds exciting yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like, um and then it, this girl? is when we learned that the flashing yellow light was found by them in the airport parking lot what? why are you picking that up why are you stealing it Sir, please return the road hazard sign. I think it was just on the ground. But why are you taking that? That's so weird. And then they go to a bar and drink for several hours. So, so far, so good. Yeah, they're still friends. Afterwards, they go to Donna's apartment and continue partying. And then it's alleged that John and Scott started slow dancing and kissed. But Donna disagrees with this. So I don't think it's true. Like, I don't think that they hooked up. But I don't know what happened. Yeah, again, still like, no excuse. Nobody knows for sure. And yeah, like you said, that's not an excuse. Like just because you like regret your actions or because you're ashamed. I, of someone I also feel like you. maybe Scott might have just told people that's what happened because that makes for a great story rather than like I told him I had a crush on him. He and he said he wasn't down. gay by the end of the night. But by the end of the night, we hooked up. Sounds like a better story. Yeah, exactly. You know, just trying to like look good for the audience. And then we learn John's father is a huge homophobe. Like, Jesus Christ. The worst man. He sounded proud that his son killed a gay guy to protect his image of being heterosexual. He was the F word. Yes. Not Which cool. even the attorney was like, did you say this word that starts with, with an, an F? F? Like, he didn't want to say an S? it. He didn't want to say it. Like, that's a rough word. Like... I find it very telling when he said, I was embarrassed, he was embarrassed. Like, like he mentioned to be embarrassed But he for? mentioned his feelings before his son's feelings. Right, because if his son had been gay, he would not have been supportive because he was definitely one of those, like, good old boys who's just like, this is abomination. Like, yeah. how dare you? And then the irony of finding out this trial is being shown on court TV... Which who is was owned. owned by Warner Brothers, <laughs> who is being sued. And the, the attorney being like, they were making millions off of this. Yes. Uh, yeah, and then Jenny Jones takes the stand, and she's delightful. Figer is all, I got her on the stand and tore her apart like a helpless child, and I just didn't get that feeling. Didn't get that. I think she did very well, held her own. But Figer loves drama clearly oh yeah i mean you can definitely see it by the way he talks which includes talking about himself in third person (laughs) which is a red flag he's just delightful so i i don't know um i find john's dad's beliefs more liable than this show oh absolutely if he wasn't worried about what his dad felt then i don't think that it would have been as big of a deal no I'm sure this has been drilled into his head. Right. Parents play a huge part in your childhood and your upbringing and your thoughts and beliefs. And I don't talk to my mother anymore. And it just, sometimes it's not good. No. Sometimes you have to just be like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to cut my losses. Yeah, I'm going to cut my losses. 
So eight out of the nine jurors ruled in favor of damages and the Amador family was awarded $29,332,686. There was no sense. No, but still, can we not round? Yeah, just like... They found that the Jenny Jones show was both irresponsible and negligent, contending the show intentionally created an unpredictable situation unpredictable situation without due concern for the possible consequences it is not like jenny jones threw a gun on stage let's see what happens it was three days later the man went and bought a gun himself like he had to have known what the show is about like this is insane what if it had been like a super unattractive woman that he didn't like like was he allowed to shoot her like i The judgment. You're not, you can't control people who find you attractive. You just can't. <laughs> you can't control what other people do and feel. Like, it's just not a thing. I didn't get to shoot the guy who grabbed my ass. I didn't get, like, how many women are, like, assaulted every day and we don't get to shoot our perpetrators? No. Like, just. Majority of the time, we don't get any justice. No, we don't. We're just like, what were you wearing? Maybe yeah. you deserved it. Maybe he misunderstood the situation. Yes, that's my favorite. (laughs) The judgment was later overturned by the Michigan Court of Appeals in a two-to-one decision, and the Michigan Supreme Court declined to hear the case, so that's where it stands. No one gets their money. No. August 22nd, 2017, John was granted parole, so he's out there. So please, please make sure you're really careful and don't embarrass him. We and the people at Netflix are in absolutely danger of being murdered by this guy. <laughs> and then I like how the episode ended with family photos of Scott. Like, I thought that was... He seemed like a nice guy. Yeah. Just, like, a really fun, sweet, caring dude. Yeah. And that's where the show ends. Like, I couldn't find any information about, like, where John is now. He's definitely staying out of the spotlight. I would, like, give so much money right now to find out that, like, he was actually gay and he was, like, married to a man now. And, like, just... (laughs) They adopted children. Yeah, they adopted children. (laughs) Like, life was just, like, this, like, you know. Yeah. But no. (sighs) And I also think... Homophobia is dangerous. They were eight years apart. So, like, for some reason that just makes it worse that he felt threatened by this relationship yeah like this like older dude who just had a crush on him yeah like okay all right pal like it's just weird yeah he didn't even serve 25 years because he got good behavior but i feel like he could be a danger to somebody else yeah like what's keeping his his graves disease from making him snap and murder the next person but yeah i think we talked about maybe doing another forensic files Hell yeah. That'll be exciting. I can't wait. So hopefully we'll be back next week if my child will let me do research. He doesn't want to sleep, goddammit. (laughs) He is is almost three, okay? Bedtimes are for two-year-olds. He can stay up till 11.30. Yeah. God. God, Mom. (laughs) You're so uncool. Yeah, I'm the issue. (laughs) (laughs) so hopefully we'll be back next week we will i'll just take him for a while all right okay
Bye. Thank you for listening to Talk to Me. The opening music is by Twisterium. For comments or suggestions, we can be reached by email at doctomepod at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at doctomepod and find a link to our Facebook group in the show notes. Thank you.